Welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. All right, we are going to be reading our scripture, guys. We are still in, um, not still, we just kind of started our Discover Together series. And so we're reading out of Colossians. You can follow along uh, with me on the screen. It says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account, of these th- on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, um, for a word that brings truth and life to us. And I pray this morning that we would be open to receive not a word of um, condemnation because you don't bring that, Lord, but bring conviction to our hearts and bring transformation and healing as we look at this passage in the context um, of relationships and specifically dating relationships, Lord. So I just pray that you would give us um, open ears and hearts to learn more about you and how, um, as your word said, Christ is our all and in all. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, guys. Uh, this on? There we go. Uh, we are, I'm not speaking this morning. Uh, we are, we're doing, we're in our Discover Together series. So the, the entire year, we're talking about Discover, right? That's, that's our word for the year. And, and this month, it's focused on together, discovering what life together is like. So throughout this month, like last week, Michelle and I, last week Michelle and I spoke on singleness, and I wanted you to see a togetherness there, which is why we did it together. And then uh, this week, Daniel and Yejin are going to speak on the dating relationship, so, so discover dating together is, is what the title is this morning. And, and uh, they're doing it together, because that's what, that's what this whole series is about. And then next week, Missy and I will talk about marriage together. And, and then we'll go into the church in the, in the final week. But we're doing it this way because I want you to see the picture of what the church is supposed to be like, right? So this morning, Daniel and Yejin are going to be speaking to us uh, out of this passage. And, and just a note on this passage, what Missy read, if, if you didn't, weren't here last week, uh, read the first four verses that lead up to that point so that you don't read those verses that, so that you don't see those verses that Missy read and think, Oh, that's pretty condemnatory, right? Read the first four verses, because there's a therefore there. 
It's, it's our life is in Christ, right? We're, we're seated at the right hand of the Father with him. So there's a, there's a reason why those verses follow, which they're going to talk about this morning. I won't preach a sermon on, on that just now. <laughs> <Please>. my, my. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say everything they're going to say. But I asked Daniel and Yejin to do this because uh, they recently got married in August of this year. And, and they... Last year, <laughs> not in the future. <laughs> yes. Wait, wait a second. August of this past year. And, and so they, they recently came out of the dating relationship. And, and so they're going to talk about that uh, out of this passage and, and, and what they're doing uh, to give you some insight into that. So I'm going to pray for them as, as they come up. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for uh, today. We give this time to you. Uh, your word is beautiful. It is valuable. It, it transforms us. It is alive. And so uh, do your work in us this morning and transform us by the power of your spirit, we ask in your name. Amen. You got big mic or you got little mic? Is this on? Hello? Is this on? It's on, right? Okay. Um, yeah, I was, I was talking to Archie this morning and I was like, yeah, we're, we're preaching on singleness. Or we're preaching on dating today. Not singleness, dating. Um, and he's like, didn't you guys date for like two weeks? And I was like... <laughs> I was like, basically, I mean, add 14 more weeks to that. Um, but thankfully, uh, when we preach up here, we don't preach primarily from experience. We preach from the Word of God. And so our hope today is that you guys are edified, you guys are exhorted, uh, that you guys uh, don't feel condemned, because uh, we'll be talking a little bit about uh, sex and, and sexual sin and things like that. But we pray that you guys would be uh, encouraged and so as Mike said, he took my whole introduction, but just to recap in, in a nutshell, we're in this new series called uh, Discover Together, and today we'll be teaching practically on what dating looks like within community, right? We want to date within community. That's what will be the most healthy, the most God-honoring. Um, yeah, and so this is, I'm Daniel, and... I'm Yejin. This is my wife, Yejin. Uh, ever since we started dating, and maybe some of you guys who are dating now, um, you go on McDonald's runs, you go on these weird, uh, you get these weird cravings, and you go on these like fast food runs, and it's kind of fun. You go out in the middle of the night, and you get fast food, and for me, my, my cravings are, they get pretty bad. Like, she endures it, um, and yeah, so one of the things I crave a lot is, is McDonald's, right? Uh, I crave McDonald's, and I think, personally, one of the, um, king of fast food burgers is, is the Big Mac. And we actually have one here. I know. <laughs> Focus, guys, all right? And so, here, I'll pull this out. Got this yesterday, so it's kind of hard, but... Uh, <laughs> it never looks like it does in the commercials, but here it is, right? So you have... Ah, oh, it smells so good. Uh, you, have, you have a Big Mac, right? And it has all the right ingredients, right? It has uh, the two beef patties. Uh, I think it's beef. Uh, you, get, <laughs> you get the buns, right? You get the perfectly toasted sesame seeds on top. Uh, you get lettuce. You get this delicious processed cheese. And you get pickles. And you get the mac sauce. And because this has the perfect ingredients, um, it makes it good, right? It makes it good, it makes, it, it makes McDonald's successful. Um, and some of you might say, it's, it's beautiful, right? <laughs> uh, 
And for a lot of us, when it comes to dating, we don't have all the right ingredients for a successful relationship. We might have parts of it like the bun or the lettuce, but it's incomplete. And so we experience frustration and anger and bitterness and guilt and shame. We actually don't get to experience the fullness of what God wants us to experience. And community is, the, oh, let me put this down, this is getting distracting. <laughs> I know, I was going to, but she's like, don't do it. <laughs> and community is the main ingredient, at least one of them, to have a successful dating relationship. Because the reality is that God is a community, right? And we're created in his image. God the Father, God the Son, uh, God the Spirit, all loving each other, serving each other, delighting in each other. And if we're made in that image, and we live and date within community, we will flourish, And so, I'm just trying to embarrass her. And so the framework, uh, the framework that I want us to guide our sermon uh, and to help you guys uh, see what we want you to see and what we feel like God has put on our hearts for you guys uh, is, is a few things. First, as followers of Jesus, the purpose of dating is worship, right? As followers of Jesus, the purpose of dating is worship. And worship can happen in different ways, right? We, we worship today, we often think of singing, right? But I wanna try to sort of change that framework, even though that's a part of it. But we have this rhythm called the up, in, and out uh, at TLC. So the up, when you worship in the up, it's praising God, it's enjoying God, it's adoring God, and it's growing in your faith. When you worship in the in, it's serving our church, it's building it up, it's being present on the Sunday service, and we worship in the out, because of the gratitude and the grace that we have in our Savior, Jesus Christ, we live out our faith and we share Jesus with people in our city and in the world. And the reason why we have so much instability and unhappiness and loneliness, at least we feel in relationships, is because of at least three main things that happen in dating. Uh, number one, dating has become consumeristic. In other words, dating has become transactional, right? Meet my needs, make me happy, and if you do those things and if you meet those standards, I'll do the same for you. Uh, number two, we date in hiddenness, right? The enemy loves hiddenness, and because if the enemy loves hiddenness, and if we are in community, we can have godly wisdom, we can have accountability, and people can see our blind spots. And then number three, dating has become a doctrine of salvation. Dating and love have become our savior, right? In the deepest part of our hearts, we're saying, God, our, in our own hearts, we're saying, if I can just have this relationship, if I can just date or marry this person, I'll feel complete, right? I'll have purpose, I'll have meaning, right? These are some of the things that we struggled with that we'll share a bit uh, later. Yeah, I think we're prone to idolize dating, um, putting our hope and happiness in him or her rather than on God. And you might ask yourself, how do you know um, if you're idolizing someone or a relationship? Um, I think you can test your heart by asking questions such as, one, am I able to say that if I lost everything, including this relationship, would I be able to say that God is enough uh, for my everlasting joy? And two, um, Am I 
pursuing this relationship as an expression of my relationship with Jesus and not competing against mm -hmm. it. And three, is this relationship um, strengthening and building his or her or my faith um, and not weakening it? Um, so um, I just encourage you to be honest with where your relationship is at um, and whether or not it is wise to continue the relationship um, as it is or at all. Because as Daniel mentioned, as followers of Jesus, the purpose of dating is worship. Yeah, that's really good. She should preach the whole sermon. <laughs> and so let's, yeah, let's jump into what Apostle Paul uh, uh, wants to say to the church because he's speaking to the Colossian church here, right? It's filled with... Christians, non-Christians, people that are seeing each other, people that are not. So keep that in mind uh, for context. Uh, something that I learned in seminary, kind of a cheesy line. Uh, context is king, right? So just remember that every time you read scripture, uh, think of the context first, right? And then let the Holy Spirit apply it to your own lives. So let's jump into verse 5. Uh, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you? Sexual immorality. Okay, we're going to stop there because... There's so, much, uh, there's so much in there that, that we want to share with you guys, and that, yeah. And so, uh, the passage right before, as Missy and Mike shared, your life is in Christ, right? And if it is, this is what Paul is saying your new life should look like. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. And when Paul, Apostle Paul says sexual immorality here, he isn't just talking about intercourse. Uh, sexual immorality in the Greek uh, is the word porneia, right? Where we get our modern word pornography. And this means all types of sexual immorality. Uh, think about pornography. Think about um, sexual immorality through texting, through videos, through YouTube, through uh, media, through advertisements, through books, through uh, letters. Uh, all of that stuff is all included in sexual immorality here. Uh, and our culture has overdosed on it. Right? It's, it's everywhere, right? You go on Netflix, you go to Yorkdale, you go to the malls, it's all over the place. But the reason why we don't notice it as much is because we've often been desensitized to it, right? Like Christians have lost, uh, we've lost our ability to sort of blush, right? When we, when we talk about these things. And so for you guys, this past week or this past month, what are things that you inputted, right? Were you intentionally putting things to death as a single person, as a married person, as somebody who wants to date or are dating right now? Uh, what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you looking at to, uh, day to day? As you and your boyfriend are dating, what boundaries have you set up, right? Even if you're married, don't think that that's uh, an automatic safeguard, that you won't struggle with those things, but you have to put up boundaries and safeguards in those things like accountability and wisdom and people that are close to you that will be able to build you up and edify you. And again, if you are struggling with any of these sexual sins, guys, don't hear condemnation. Today, we, we want to take the word of God and we want to build you up. We, you might have walked in here with darkness, but we want you to leave here in light. And so just hear that, all right? And so God's standard, if, if you're not sure because the world will tell you something, your friends might tell you something. Even your pastors might tell you something different, right? But you always want to bring things back to the Word of God. And this is God's standard for sexual purity. It says this in Ephesians 5.3. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people, right? So not even a hint of sexual immorality. 
And so the question is never, how far is too far with my boyfriend or girlfriend? Is this sin? But you should be asking, is this wise? Is this holy? Will this tempt me? Is this beneficial? Scripture over and over again says, flee sexual immorality, right? It doesn't say, how close can you get? It never says, um, yeah, it never says, how close can you get? Uh, It says to flee it, right? Do not even have a hint of it. And if it's causing you to sin, Jesus says over and over again uh, in the Gospels that if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, right? It's not how close can you get to sin without actually sinning. It's how far can you run away from it and get to your Savior. So for myself, right, um, I can share in all these experiences. Um, And there's a lot of things that I did uh, to be proactive in guarding my heart, whether it was being... Uh, single, whether it was in my dating phase, and then even now while I'm married. Uh, And this might sound, uh, yeah, like, might sound a little crazy, like a little out there, but these are things that I did, right? So for myself, uh, I knew some of the times that I was most weak, right? And for some of you guys, this is a time that the enemy loves to attack, is at nighttime when you're tired and it's dark, and the enemy loves darkness, right? And so for me, I had to hide my laptop for months uh, at a time so that I wouldn't see it, so that I wouldn't be tempted, right? Uh, when I'd go to the gym, I like, I don't know if you guys have watched Terminator. I wouldn't encourage watching it. I watched it when I was not a follower of Jesus, but you know how he goes into, he goes into the bar and he just starts scanning stuff, right? And so for me, when I go into certain places like the mall or the gym, I'll know exactly, I'll, I'll do a quick scan and, and I'll make sure that these are the places that I don't want to look, right? This sounds kind of like overboard, but this is what it took for me to, to guard my heart so that I wouldn't lust and so I wouldn't give in to certain things. I also put accountability software on my computer. Uh, I read uh, books on sexual purity. I read books on dating. I read books on what it meant to be a godly man. I, mean, I read books on what it meant to be a godly husband. I filled my heart with these things. And the whole reason why I did these things was first because Jesus says so, right? He says that that sexual sin is so severe that if it's causing you to sin, you need to go to an extreme measure to actually cut it out, right? So what I was doing was I was starving this sin, right? So that I could see the beauty of who Jesus was, right? And this was something that as a single person, uh, it took me about, it was hard. It wasn't easy. It didn't just happen overnight. But it took months and months and struggling and struggling with it uh, to be able to be free from these things, right? It doesn't say I'm, I'm never tempted, right? But I could say confidently by the power of Jesus and the Word of God that these things aren't as powerful or uh, struggle for me as, as before, right? Um, and so be proactive, right? Uh, you need to take uh, extreme measures to be able to cut these things out, to starve these things so that you can fall more in love with Jesus and also the future person that you're going to date because when you date and you get married, these things are not going to cure the sexual issues that you have. You're actually going to bring uh, that uh, selfishness, right, that you use sex for, and you're going to bring it into dating and bring it into marriage. And so you need to get rid of those things uh, first. And most people, uh, they don't set up these, uh, they don't set these things up in their lives uh, they, they, um... oh, okay, here. Uh, if you are dating or you want to date, yeah, you have to set up these boundaries right away. Because if you don't, you'll end up hurt 
you'll end up feeling guilty, you'll end up feeling ashamed. And most people wait until they either fall to these things or until they get caught. And so be proactive, don't be reactive. And so the main reason for sexual sin in relationship is, uh, is in dating is, is because of isolation. And the enemy loves hiddenness, the enemy loves isolation. Yeah, it's common to justify sexual sins as normal human desires, but God has given us an arena in which we can exercise our sexuality freely, and that is within the bonds of marriage. So if you're currently struggling with sexual sins, please don't ignore it or hide it. Um, if you're a follower of Jesus, um, these sins belong to your former, former life and not your new one. And our church should be a place where sexual sins are brought to light with grace and fought in community. Um, so the reason why most people can't achieve victory over sexual sin is because they don't... Um, confess it to anyone and um, allow it to control their lives. Mm, yeah, and so here is, uh, and so we wanna get really practical, right? We, we share these things now, sort of like, how do, we, uh, how do we do this within community, right? Because the purpose of dating is, is worship within community. And so here are three things that me and, uh, me and Yejin did that really helped us pursue holiness and righteousness. And the first one is openness, right? Uh, we let brothers and sisters who we trusted uh, know that we were interested in somebody. We didn't hide things. Uh, we, didn't, yeah, we didn't keep things in darkness, but we asked uh, them to pray for us. The second thing is uh, we asked those around us that we loved and that, uh, that cared for us uh, to keep us accountable, right? Uh, asking those people to be proactive and making sure that we were staying pure and that we were staying holy. And then the third thing that we... Uh, that comes out of community is wisdom, right? Uh, do we have any blind spots, right? Like, am I just being emotionally reckless? Uh, is this the right season that I should be dating in? Are there certain strongholds in my, in my life that I need to get rid of first before I, I enter in a relationship? Um, they'll help, uh, your accountability should help you also judge character, right? If they see your, uh, that person yelling at you and being uh, condemning, and, and they don't treat you nice and with the love of Christ, those things they can uh, point out to you. Because when you get so emotionally wrapped up in relationships, you'll sometimes justify that. That's okay. Or they'll change. Or even worse, that, oh, it's actually my fault is the reason why they're yelling at me or they're not being kind or they're not being gentle, right? Yeah, um, only people who love Christ more than they love you um, will have the courage to tell you that you're wrong um, about a person, a timing, or whatever it may be. Most people will be agreeable and float along with you because they're excited for you. But let's be honest, who's not excited when they're dating, right? Um, what you really need is truth, wisdom, and correction. Um, so while we were dating, I reached out to Missy and I asked her to keep me accountable. And um, I trusted that she would correct me if needed and um, remind me to pursue patience and purity. And we, we caught up weekly and we prayed together and there was something really special about that. So I really encourage um, you to find an accountability partner or group. And um, yeah, they really help in making you um, a godly man or woman. That's good. Um, all right, let's, yeah, let's keep moving forward. So in, in verse 5b, uh, the latter part, Apostle Paul says, uh, so after he says, put to, to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, 
uh, or sexual immorality, he says, impurity, passions, evil desires, and covetousness, which our BLG was struggling to say this past week, covetousness, which is idolatry. And the reason, uh, the reason why, uh, the, sec- uh, wh- the reason why uh, we sexually sin, the reason why uh, we have uh, uh, passions that dishonor God, the reason why the evil desires, is because we are actually uh, worshiping something. Uh, the reason why we sexually sin in dating is because in the deepest part of our hearts, even if we don't admit it, we are worshiping that relationship. We are choosing that relationship over honoring God. And the reason why so many people uh, fail in their relationships and there's so much heartache and there's so much uh, disappointment and there's so much frustration is, again, because we don't date within uh, community, right? Uh, we, we, we stay in hiddenness. And oftentimes, if some of us can admit in this, in this room, the reason why we don't want community is because we actually want to stay in hiddenness, right? Like we actually... Uh, the sin that we're living in, right? That's something that we, we want, right? And so we need to come out of that and, and, and talk to those around us that we can trust. Um, because a lot of, um, at least my experiences growing up was, um, I would say things in my heart like, if I only dated, I would have uh, meaning in my life. I would have purpose. I would feel complete. And some of you guys might uh, feel those things. But the only thing that will make you feel complete and have real purpose and have real meaning is Jesus Christ. Because even though a person says, like, uh, like, oh, you complete me and you're my soulmate and you're everything to me, they're going to disappoint you. Because when you get two sinful people together, you don't just automatically get more happiness, right? Uh, you get more brokenness, right? And without Jesus Christ being the anchor and the cornerstone of your relationship, there's no hope, right? Your relationship will end in brokenness and frustration, Yeah, if you're following Jesus, your identity is fully and only in him. And if you're doubting that, now may not be the time to engage your heart in a romantic relationship. Um, Because you should want something better and not cave into the world standards for relationships or dating. Yeah. Uh, A few few weeks ago, maybe like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, we had our body life group, our small group. Uh, It was an out week, right? And the point of this out week is to bring uh, non-Christians into this environment. And we went to this uh, place called Playtime, Bolorama, Bolorama Playtime, something like that, where they have bowling and they have, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, they have bowling and then they have like an arcade and, and laser tag. And that laser tag was so expensive. It was like $12, wait, no, how much was that $12 for like 10 minutes? It's crazy, that's why we didn't do it. And so, for me, and, and maybe I have an issue because every time I see a claw game, like I have to, I have to play it. Like I, I, feel like I feel like I need to like beat the system and so I'll, I'll always go to it. And so I, know, so I knew that she was sitting and she was, talking, uh, she was talking over there with some people so I like snuck off and I went to play this game and, and uh, Mike, Missy, I know Mike, Missy, Diane and um, Jonathan's, their girls were at that machine, right? And they're like staring and they want to play and in that game, there's two prizes, okay? So there's the, the big prize on the right side, and there's like these little uh, small bouncy balls, these smaller prizes on the left side. And so I'm like, hey, like, let's go for those big prizes, right? And they're like, no, we want the smaller prize, right? And I was like, but that doesn't make any sense. Like, you have the bigger prizes right here. And all they wanted and all they were focused on was the smaller prize. And for a lot of us uh, in this room, when we're focused on dating, we are looking at the smaller thing, right? Maybe some of us, the smaller prize is, 
Well, I know that this person is a non-Christian, but I think that's okay, right? That's the smaller prize. Uh, for some of us, we might be sexually sinning in our relationship, and, and we might think that that's okay. It's not really hurting anybody, but that's the smaller prize. God wants so much more for you, and he's pointing to you to the bigger prize, which is his son Jesus, right? This will bring so much more fulfillment. This will bring so much more uh, joy. This will bring so much more satisfaction than the smaller things that we're actually uh, focusing on right now. And so as followers of Jesus, again, the purpose of dating is worship, and that is supposed to be within uh, community. If the person that you're dating, right, the person that you're dating, the person that you're seeing within the dating context is not pushing you, right, we're talking about the up, in, and out, if they're not pushing you to love Jesus, to serve Jesus more, uh, to pursue Jesus, to share Jesus with people in your city and the world, and they're just hindering you from, and pulling you away from that, you shouldn't be in that relationship, right? For myself, um, before I was a follower of Jesus, I made a lot of mistakes in, in dating relationships, and you guys get to benefit from, from that today. Um, I, grew up in a, I grew up in a broken home uh, where I didn't feel like I, I was loved enough, right? Maybe some of you guys are experiencing that now. My relationship with my dad was broken, and all I remember was getting yelled at and condemnation and judgment and, and living in fear. And so I realized that, okay, well, if I'm not going to get love from at least my family, right? And, and my parents, they tried their best, right? Um, I'm going to go somewhere else and, and get that, right? And so I went to relationships. I was telling myself literally that if I can only find a relationship and date this type of person and become successful in, in, the, worldly, uh, in the world's eyes, that I would have meaning, that I would have... Um, I would be approved by this person, that I would be loved, and this person would complete me. And before I became a Christian, I dated this girl for three and a half years, right? And it was like everything to me. I thought I was going to, I was going to marry them. I was close with their family. They, like my family loved them. And, and, and we were on this path to getting married and, and living this successful uh, life in the world's eyes, right? But then when I became a Christian, um, I knew that my identity was misplaced. And this was the reason why I had so much uh, frustration and we had so much anchor. Like our, our foundation wasn't strong. It was very, very wobbly, right? And so I knew that after being a follower of Jesus, even though I didn't understand it, right? And some of you guys might not understand all of it, right? Like why I shouldn't be with this person? What benefit will that happen? You can't see what's in the future, but God knows best. And I knew that that's what God wanted for me because it says it, uh, he says it in his word, right? Which I'll share later. And it talks about don't be unequally yoked with, with somebody. And so for me, I knew that I had to break that relationship off. And for weeks and months and years, I actually doubted so much if that was the right decision. And uh, when I look back now, I'm, I'm so grateful that I had brothers and sisters encouraging me to get out of that relationship and that I was able to pursue my faith because that was actually hindering my faith. That person was actually taking me away from what God, had, what God wanted, me, uh, wanted me to be. Yeah, um, in the past, I was also in a relationship with someone who did not strive to imitate Jesus or help me see or love Jesus more. Um, and at times, I thought he was on the verge of conversion, but that was just me trying to convince myself. Um, as Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things. And mm. um, yeah, I just, I just tried to make excuses for what my heart desired most at that time. And 
um, as time went on, I realized that my relationship with him began to replace my relationship with God, and the result of the choices that I made turned into spiritual drifting, and it took so much longer to return and draw closer to the Lord. Um, so I just encourage you, um, just consider the dating choices that you have made or that you are considering and base your decisions on the word of God and the godly counsel of other Christians. Mm. Amen. Yeah, and, uh, and then Apostle Paul says here in verse 6, right, on the account of these things, like the wrath of God is coming, right? So he names all these sins, sexual morality, impurity, passions, evil. He names a bunch of stuff late, later, like anger, wrath, malice, um, lying, right? And he, again, he's talking to the church, right? And so he's talking to non-Christians and Christians. He's saying, on the account of these things, the wrath of God is coming, right? And so what, what does that mean, right? So two types of people, and in here, there are probably non-Christians and Christians, right? And so as uh, the non-Christian, if you want to date in, if you want to date in isolation and on your own and not in community and you don't want God, God isn't going to force you into that, right? But that's what he's calling you into today. That's what he wants for you. That's his longing. That's his desire for you to receive Jesus Christ as your firm foundation because some of you uh, have experienced hurt or bitterness or resent or where is this relationship going or where is our anchor? What are we doing? Because again, if you build it on yourselves, you will experience disappointment. And some of you guys are doing that, uh, have right now, right? Uh, the second type of people are, uh, are Christians, right? That, that Apostle Paul is talking about. Um, so if you are living in, in sin and you're disobeying uh, God's loving commands, this doesn't mean that you can lose your salvation. When I first read this, I was like, oh, this means that God, we can lose our salvation. But it's not saying that, right? What he's saying that if you pursue a relationship uh, that isn't godly, if you're pursuing sexual sin and things like that, God won't bless your relationship, right? He won't bless uh, your sin. You'll experience troubles and you'll experience suffering, right? And that might not even be, that, that will probably be out of just building your relationship and your foundation on somebody, uh, somebody else. Uh, a few years ago, just to share a story, I remember I've had this conversation and, and just counseled people over and over again of a Christian wanting to date a non-Christian, right? And we're talking about this because it's, it's, it happens all the time, right? Uh, and I was, my friend has just become a Christian, and he's pursuing Jesus, and he's on fire, and he's a part of a small group, and he's part of the church basketball, uh, the church basketball team, and, and he's just serving and serving and serving, and, and then now he's being enticed by this ungodly relationship, right? And I pleaded with him, right? I told him, don't pursue this. Even though you might not know why, uh, you might not understand everything, just know that Jesus is enough and keep pursuing what you're doing right now or this relationship will uh, hinder you. And I kept trying to pursue him. I kept trying to uh, tell him, not pursue him, kept trying to tell him, uh, maybe I was trying to pursue him to, to, to get out of this relationship and don't pursue it. But he was justifying it. He would say things like, uh, at least one of the main things he would say is this person's a good person and I'm not going to find a girl like this again. And he was, again, being deceived, right? As uh, Jeremiah says, your heart is deceitfully wicked. Above all things. Above all things, right? Even better. Above all things, your heart is deceitfully wicked, right? And when you worship relationships and it becomes idolatry and that becomes everything to you, you will make, uh, you will justify why that relationship is good for you, right? You'll say things like, oh, they're a good person. Uh, even though they treat me 
like doo-doo, uh, it's actually my fault. Whatever the case might be, you'll, you'll think of all types of things to, uh, to justify to be in that relationship, which is, which is unhealthy. Um, and so this is God's standard for dating, right? 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has right... Uh, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has with light and darkness? Right? And I've seen over and over again, like I mentioned earlier, uh, non-Christian, uh, people that, that are serving Jesus, and then they pursue an ungodly relationship, and it always ends up the other way. That person who is pursuing Jesus falls into darkness, falls into hiddenness, falls into sexual sin. And some of you guys, as I can see that you're nodding, that you've probably experienced these things uh, as well. And Paul says earlier, right, like earlier in these verses, if your life is Christ, right, if you were a follower of Jesus, why would you want to jeopardize that with somebody whose life is built on, on something else, right? Maybe it's built on your relationship, and that's why they put so much pressure on for, for you to complete them and for you to be perfect and for you to meet all their needs. Maybe their, their foundation is built on career or success, and that's what's appealing uh, to you. You think that's going to bring stability, but... Uh, but it won't. It'll bring disappointment. It'll bring frustration. All right, let's, yeah, let's go to verse uh, 7 here where Apostle Paul says, In these things too you once walked. Right? So again, he's talking to the church. When you were living in them, verse 8, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, uh, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. So as followers of Jesus, walking in the new life, uh, walking in the new life, looks like putting these things to death daily, right? Growing in holiness, being set apart uh, from the world. Anger here means uh, like a smoldering, bitterness, resentfulness. Wrath is like uh, correlated to anger, but it's like a blowing up. It's like a dynamite type of anger. Malice is sort of uh, wanting to do like morally evil things to people, whether physically or uh, verbally. And slander and obscene talk sort of in the same category. That could be cussing, that could be gossip. Uh, that could be a condemnatory talk behind somebody's back or, or to their place. And so what Apostle Paul is talking about here is character, right? He's talking about character. And if you want to be wise and we want to date, we want to look for somebody who has character, right? So many people, and I feel like maybe just to talk to the ladies for, for a moment, I feel like this happens more with the ladies, that they fall for a guy who treats them badly and, and, and they're not gentle and they have anger. Uh, I feel like guys struggle with a lot of anger. They have wrath. They don't treat people kindly. They don't treat their parents kindly. They don't, when they go out, they don't treat you know, the, the, the waitress or the waiter uh, nicely. And for women, you feel like you have to save them. Like, oh, they're going to come around. They're going to change. And so you deal with those things, right? And you actually put up with those things. And so what you... And that's something that you don't want to do because, again, that'll lead in hardships, that'll lead in frustration, that'll leave in this, you know, hoping that they'll, they'll, they'll change. And maybe they will, but they should be changing before that. They should have these things somewhat together, right? And you want to date somebody, again, that has, uh, that has character. Is it you? Me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, Okay. <laughs> And so character is uh, an overflow of a relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. We usually give advice to others um, to not date someone who has uncontrolled anger, lies and gossips, or harms others. But um, how often do we observe ourselves? And um, 
you know, how we remove these sins from our own habits, yeah. right? As Christians, do we demonstrate compassion, humility, forgiveness, and patience? Um, and we need to break with the self-centered living um, that marked us before we met Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this, again, this doesn't mean you're, you're trying to look for somebody who's perfect, right? Well, uh, Yejin and I, were, we're not perfect, but what, what makes our relationship a lot easier is because we're rooted in the grace and faith and stability of who Jesus Christ is, right? And so you want to be able to pursue somebody who is at least wanting to make an effort, who is pursuing Jesus, who actually has the aroma of Christ. And so if you're doubting somebody, if you're seeing somebody or you're pursuing a relationship and you have to doubt the aroma of Christ in that person's life, that might not be, again, the best relationship uh, to pursue. Because remember, again, there's, uh, God is growing us each in different stages, right? And so uh, some of us might be struggling with certain things more now uh, than before, right? But when you live within uh, and you date within community, this will help you grow in community, right? Because you have accountability. You have the preaching of the Word of God. You have our small groups, which is centered in the Word of God as well. And you have people praying over you and encouraging and exhorting you. And this would probably also, just as a, as a side note, whenever we see, because this can happen so often, when we see other people in the church, right, that uh, struggle with anger or struggle with sexual sin or struggle with... Uh, wrath or, or gossip, um, it's never right for, for followers of Jesus to, to judge them because they might be growing in a different stage or in a different season than you, right? And we don't know all the things that that person has gone through maybe that day or that year or their past history. So whenever we judge people uh, in their character, right, we're actually saying that we're God, right? That we know everything about that person's life and we're able to give a final condemnation on them, right? So we always need to uh, talk, uh, uh, we always need to show grace and we always need to be gentle and to love and to build up and not to look down at our brothers and sisters that might be struggling with these certain things. Because again, these were things that we struggled with and it's only by the grace of God that we were able to get out of some of these, uh, these things that were really uh, causing us to, to stumble. And then Apostle Paul uh, moves on, right? So he says, put away all these things, uh, anger, wrath, Malice, slander, sexual morality, obscene talk from your mouth. Then he sort of says as like a side, uh, a side part here, I don't lie to one another, right? And I realized that uh, meditating on this part in this section, because I didn't want to just, because it's just like, oh, don't, want, don't lie to one another. Like, okay, right? But you were never more like Satan than when you lie, right? You were never more like Satan than when you lie, because... Lying is in Satan's character, right? Uh, deceit, uh, lying, it's in his character. It's, it's who he is. And it doesn't matter how small the lie is. It doesn't matter how big the lie is. That even so-called white lie or small lie was, was big enough for God to say, I need to send my son Jesus Christ to die for that lie, right? And, and the enemy is a father of lies, right? As I mentioned earlier, he lied to Adam and Eve and got them to, to, to fall to sin in Genesis. Uh, he lies to Jesus, right, when he's in the wilderness to try to get him to, to stumble. And for some of us, there are lies that, we're believe, that we believe that the world is telling us and the ones that we're giving into uh, right now. And so here are, here are four lies that I think, and we've sort of talked about them, but uh, we want to bring them up uh, sort of as application here as we close out. So four things that you might be believing right now or you might be giving into. Uh, number one, 
you don't need community. You can date in isolation and in hiddenness, and that's what the enemy loves. The enemy loves hiddenness. The enemy loves darkness. The enemy, enemy loves isolation because that's where you're, if you're struggling with certain things, whether sexual sin or anger or gossip or that person has bad character, you want other people around you to be able to call those things out of you. And when you don't live in community, you won't be able to do that. You'll justify, again, why that relationship is, uh, is okay. Uh, number two, uh, sex outside of marriage isn't that bad. It's not actually hurting anybody. And God's design for sex uh, is for two people who are committed covenantly uh, in marriage, right? It's the safest place for sex when you give yourself physically to somebody else, right? And we're not just talking about, again, intercourse. It's all, again, all types of sexual morality. When you give yourself uh, to somebody else uh, sexually and not in a covenant marriage where you say, I'm going to be with you for the rest of my life, at least where we're here on earth, that's such a dangerous thing. Uh, at most, if two people are doing those things and sexually sinning, but aren't committed to whole life oneness and living together and being covenantly cemented together, um, most likely that's just convenience for you. You're, you're just using each other, right? The third thing is, uh, again, dating a non-Christian, right? And one lie is, that person will change, right? That person will change. And again, Scripture doesn't say, date somebody to change them, right? It says, date somebody who's following Jesus, who's going to help you in the rhythms of the up and in and out, who's going to help you pursue Jesus, love Jesus, and share Jesus uh, with people uh, around you. Because that person, they're in the darkness, right? And they might love the darkness and the things of the world. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you don't want to give in to those things. Why? Would you want to, yeah, why would you want to mix with something that is in darkness, right? And then the fourth thing is, dating is for your own happiness. We talked about consumerism earlier. This is uh, building your life and your identity on somebody else, saying this person will make me happy. This person will make uh, me complete. And if you date, uh, we've said this over and over again, that if you date uh, uh, for happiness or for this person to fulfill you, again, uh, this will uh, leave you broken and frustrated and upset because you placed so much uh, pressure on this person to meet all your needs. And even though they'll say things like, uh, I'll completely and we're soulmates, they're going to disappoint, right? When that happens, you're going to feel, uh, you're going to be upset and you're going to feel empty because you put all your hopes and dreams in this one person. And so if you are giving into any of these lies, the ones that we talked about, at least these four, um, See this as God's grace, right? See this as God's grace, as pointing these things out. We're in community right now. I'm trying to exhort you guys. I'm trying to keep you guys accountable. We're trying to share wisdom with you guys. I'm trying to bring these things from darkness, right? The frustration, the anger, the bitterness, the, you know, uh, the hopelessness that some of you guys might be feeling or have felt in the past. Uh, we're trying to bring these things into light because God is a God uh, who can redeem and he loves to show his grace and his mercy. And jumping back to verse 9 and 10, um, seeing that you have put on the new self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. So the practices that Paul is referring to here are holiness, obedience, sexual purity, truth-telling, gentleness, and self-control. Um, I'm sure you, you've heard this many times and you still do, um, but it's truth. Nothing will make you more like Jesus than reading the word of God. Mm -hmm. And the more you read and meditate on his word, the more you will become like him. 
Um, according to the new life that we have in Jesus, um, we should focus on serving God and others. And this is our new identity, right? It's not just the improved us, but a radically different us because Christ lives in us. Mm. And a lot of our struggles, uh, whether you're single, whether you're dating or you're married, uh, the reason why we might struggle with anger or sexual morality or malice or all these things is because most likely, right, that we're not in the Word of God. We're not reading the Word of God. We're not praying the Word of God. We're not memorizing the Word of God because the Word of God has the power to transform us supernaturally. So for you guys, I'd ask, how are your spiritual disciplines? Do you only do them when you're not busy or when you have time, uh, when you don't have, uh, when you have some leftover time? Like it's, it's become sort of like an afterthought. An afterthought. Um, and so somebody who is pursuing the Word of God, somebody who is pursuing prayer, who is pursuing spiritual disciplines and who has the aroma of Christ, this is somebody who you want to pursue, right? And this is somebody who you want to, pursue, who you want to prepare yourself to be for that other person. For myself, really quickly, uh, I used to struggle with all these things, all these sins that were here, um, sexual morality, pornography, impurity, passions, evil desires, uh, covetousness, um, idolatry, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, like badly, like very, 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 very badly. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just really bad. I was, uh, I was in darkness, and uh, yeah, and these things were like destroying uh, my life. And I can, uh, and I can tell you that the thing in the, in the seven years when I became a follower of Jesus, or seven or eight years until I basically um, met Yejin and we dated and we got married, the thing that transformed me the most in that seven years was the Word of God, reading the Word of God. Uh, meditating on it, as, Psalm, uh, as David says in the psalmist, uh, Psalm 119, meditating on his word day and night so that we may not sin against God, right? I was doing that day and night, remembering scripture, uh, meditating on it, letting it go from my head to my heart, and a part of that is being still. You need to make time uh, and practically maybe even calendaring that in and, and saying this is the time that I'm going to spend with Jesus, right? And so that thing changed me the most. Yeah, while I was single, I prayed for my future husband. Um, not the, like, God, give me someone to date and marry now, or why am I still single? Like, not those kind of prayers, but um, I prayed um, that my future husband be um, surrounded by godly mentors and friends who would spur him on in his pursuit of godliness, that through experience and trials, um, he would learn how to be a good leader and to love God's word so that he can teach um, and guide our family one day. And for myself, I prayed that God would um, give, uh, give and build in me characteristics that would help support him um, and really just um, be able to um, grow in me areas um, that um, I can, yeah, that I can just grow in before I got married. Yeah. Right, and so... Uh, guys, pursue somebody who, who you know without a doubt has the aroma of Christ, right? They have, uh, they're reading scripture, they're, they're being a part of the church uh, on the Sunday gathering, church events, things like that. Uh, they're loving Jesus, they're serving Jesus, they're sharing Jesus with people uh, in their city, in the world. That's the standard that God wants you to pursue. And again, it's not like they, they have to be perfect, but they're making an effort, right? They're pursuing Jesus and this is something that they, they want to grow in. And so just to close, we'll read this last passage here where it says uh, in verse 11, uh, here there is no Greek or Jew, circum uh, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. And so, when, uh, and so Paul here, uh, when he says 
in the very beginning here, he's talking to the whole church, and the whole church is mixed full of different uh, types of people. We have uh, followers of Jesus, uh, people who aren't following Jesus, uh, people from different backgrounds, socially, uh, socially, economically, right? And Paul is saying that the gospel is for everybody, right? The gospel is for everybody. And so if you're not a follower of Jesus today, and you have pursued dating in the world's ways, or maybe you're pursuing dating now, and it hasn't worked out for you, uh, Jesus is calling you to him, right? He's saying, I died, for your, I died for your sins. I went to the cross for you, right? You're, that person that you're pursuing, uh, they're never going to do that for you, right? Jesus is the only one that has done for you. And so what Apostle Paul is saying is, receive that, right? And have joy and, and have delight in uh, dating in the proper way that God wants you, uh, wants you to. And if you are a follower of Jesus, continue to pursue God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, right? And as you do that, uh, do that with the person. Uh, look for somebody who's doing the same thing. Look for somebody who's serving in the church. Look for somebody who's pursuing Jesus, who's sharing their faith, who's excited and who has joy. Uh, these are the things that I saw in, in, in Yejin because she wasn't just uh, attending uh, church on Sunday. She was actually being the church, and that's the thing that, that drew me uh, the most uh, to her. And so uh, that's, that's something that, uh, yeah, that we want to share with you guys today, that the purpose uh, of dating as followers of Jesus is worship uh, within community, right? And so today, make a change, do something, and start pursuing Jesus in the way that he wants you to, because he did that on the cross for you guys. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that uh, we have your word, and, and your word is sufficient enough for training in righteousness and rebuking um, to make your people full and complete. And God, for a lot of us, we've experienced dating in the world's way, and it's just left in frustration and uh, bitterness and resent and hurt. Um, but God, you've given us a new way and that's building our life in the firm foundation of who your son Jesus Christ is and dating within community, a community that can keep us accountable, a community that can give us wisdom, a community that can be honest with us when we're failing or making mistakes so that we can be better followers of Jesus Christ. And so thank you for our truth today. I just pray that we wouldn't be uh, hearers of the word, but we'd actually be doers. There's something so much more amazing and beautiful that you want us to focus on. And so I just pray that we wouldn't focus on the smaller prize, but we would focus on the bigger prize, and that's your son, Jesus Christ. We pray in your name. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.